This is Friends and Benefits, a podcast hosted by Reward Strategy, and you may have guessed it, they're Friends and Benefits. Stay tuned to find out what's hot, what's not, and what's happening in the world of pay and reward. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on the latest episode of the Friends in Benefits podcast with myself, Jade Burke, Deputy Editor of Reward Strategy. And joining me today, we have Andrea Cook, the Head of People at Total Fitness, which has various chains dotted about the UK. The health club has employees based within its offices and gyms. But how does the business manage its reward offering for both types of worker? Well, today we're going to find out just that. Plus, we're going to explore how HR and payroll teams can avoid making payroll errors. But to kick off, Andrea, I'd love to welcome you today. Thanks so much for taking part. How are you doing? Oh, I'm really well, thanks, Jade. Yeah, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Hopefully, we're going to get into some good topics today. So yeah, really pleased you're on board. So I wanted to start off, Andrea, by asking you, how did you come to work in the world of HR? Um, So I think I knew from a very early age that I wanted to work with people, but fell into it quite unintentionally, really. So I, after uni, I'd finished university and saw an advert in the Cosmopolitan magazine many years ago, recruiting for Emirates Cabin Crew based in Dubai. So I applied for the role. And after three years of flying, I was approached with a fabulous opportunity to go and recruit for the cabin crew. So you'd still do the same amount of traveling, but then you were um, recruiting the cabin crew. So that was really exciting. Oh, fantastic. So you've had quite a varied one then. Yeah, really varied. And then I moved into a role when I moved back to the UK. I moved into a role with John Lewis as a HR administrator. And during my 11 years there, I fulfilled a mixture of roles and levels in admin recruitment and learning and development in both sides of the business, so retail and distribution. And this really gave me the skill set and experience that I needed for my next role at Total Fitness as Head of People. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, you know, what sort of enticed you to the role at Total Fitness? Has that industry always been a bit of, a, of interest to you? I guess it's very different to, I guess, John Lewis, isn't it? Yeah, really different. It's a very different business to what I I joined as to what it is now, as to when I joined in um, January 2014. It was very performance led and not very people focused. So I saw a great opportunity to put everything that I'd learnt in John Lewis into practice. And it was extremely impactful to create and drive a people strategy forward, but to also have a voice around the senior leadership table. So these eight and a half years have definitely been my most challenging, exciting, but fulfilling period of my career to date. Wow, that sounds amazing. I think the leisure industry has always intrigued me, but probably like most, I probably underestimated the reality of working in such an industry. Um, It's certainly not for the faint hearted. It can be really hard work at times. It requires bucket of resilience and can really be quite a challenging people function role. But equally, it's great fun. And, I've, you know, it's got a real community feel amongst the team members and it allows you to think outside the box. Fantastic. So it keeps you on your toes, I'm sure. 100%. Absolutely. And I guess every day is different for you. But what does a typical day to day consist of? 
Yeah, you're absolutely right, Jade. No two days are ever the same. But I think that's why I love my job and I've, I've done it for this long. One day I could be involved in project work, so developing a management programme for development for heads of departments, moving up to general managers. And the next day I could be presenting our most recent employee engagement survey results to our senior leadership team. But my main priority is really driving our people strategy forward. So that could be through my own people team or through the frontline teams as well. But this involves overseeing all sides of the department and always thinking of different ways to improve our people offering, really. Okay, so it's quite like you say, you're probably doing like bits and bobs here and there every day sort of thing. But primarily the people strategy is is of the utmost importance. Yeah, definitely driving that forward throughout the business, 100%. Yeah, of course. And I know your career, you've kind of been in a few L&D roles as well. And then obviously, I know you're in, in the uh, the HR function now. So how did that sort of transition for you from L&D to HR? Was that quite natural? Um, I think it was always my career ambition to be a head of or a director of HR. And for me, yes, the L&D side was really important, but it was really important for me to experience all elements of, of the HR functions. And I think by doing so, I can actually set my team up better for success now because I understand their roles fully. Yeah, of course. And I guess it gives you, like you say, more more understanding of that. Yeah, definitely. And I think something that's quite interesting at the moment is we've got this very, very competitive labour market at the moment. So do you think that more L&D opportunities are essential to retaining and attracting that talent? You know, is that something that employers should be considering in in investing in? Yeah, most definitely. I think with the new generation coming forward, I think it's um, something that the millennials and um, gender generation definitely, definitely require. I've got a 20 year old myself and I know that he would look at a job spec and definitely want to know what the training and development side of that role would look like. But we've we've done things slightly differently at Total Fitness. We recognise that that is really important to that generation and to make sure that we have a really robust and broad training offering. We've actually upskilled some of our support team members and also team members that work in the clubs and they make up a performance and development training team so it's not their primary role but we've enriched their their own role into a training role as well so they'll do their primary role as well as a sideline of of the training as well and that that has worked really well and it's actually given us a really really large team that we couldn't really afford to have as a, a just a learning and development standalone team. Oh, okay, that sounds interesting. So, what what has like the, I guess the interest or uptake been like for that from from your your own sort of team members and 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 whatnot? You know, how have they sort of shown an interest in terms of the trainers or yeah, the, yeah? It, I think it's just developed them. I think within their own roles, lots of them have a brilliant skill set and they wanted to develop it further. And some people that have been with us, long serving team members, wanted something extra as to their role. So that's and I think we'll keep them for a lot longer because we've given them that and we've we've developed them further. Definitely. And like it's, it's so essential at the moment, isn't it? When you've got so many people 
with the labour market currently with so many people looking for new roles you know what's offering better opportunities you know you, you need to offer that don't you to keep them yeah it's a real competitive market out there and, and we know that you know recruitment is really hard going at the minute so it really gives us that extra opportunity for for candidates and attracting new talent absolutely that makes total sense and on that note i wanted to ask you andrea as, as a hr leader yourself what else should employers keep in mind when it comes to that attraction and retention sort of you know what, what should they they do to really drive that yeah that's a really good question so i think you need to have a really defined employee value proposition and that's something that we're actually working with an external provider at the moment because it's really important for potential candidates to know what kind of business they're they're joining and for those existing team members they need to understand who they're working for and what it is what is the magic ingredient that is is retaining them at total fitness so that's one thing that I would definitely say is important and as I say we're working on that now keep up with the the generations the new generations coming through their wants and needs are going to be totally different from what's current today might not be tomorrow to a potential candidate so that's really important and it's about being really open and honest about your expectations as a business but who we are as a business so I mentioned earlier you know total fitness can be challenging it can be really hard work and you have to have sheer grit and determination and resilience to to work in that kind of working environment and really you should be really transparent about that so be proud but be bold of who your business is absolutely and I like what you said there it is interesting how different generations want different things so it's like now you have to create this multi-generational reward strategy in a way to make sure you are keeping everyone happy and you're sort of offering the right things to retain them. Because I think we, we saw a study recently that I can't remember what generation it was now, but a certain percentage didn't want a high salary anymore. You know, they wanted flexibility and things like that. So it's really interesting how it's, it's done this sort of massive shift in terms of what people want. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the change, I'm seeing it, as I said, in my own 20 year old of what what floats his boat at the minute. And it, and it certainly isn't a high paying salary. It is your working environment. If you if you have the flexibility of being able to work from home, all of the rewards and benefits that are on offer are really important to that generation coming through now. Absolutely. I bet that's very helpful for you now. You've got your 20 year old to help you with all this. It definitely is. <laughs> Brilliant. So I wanted to get your thoughts as well. I know we've sort of mentioned your rewards offering there, but I know you've obviously got employees based in in the gyms and the offices too. So I wanted to ask you in a little bit more detail what you actually offer specifically for each of these types of different employees. Yeah, so we've kept it really simple, actually, and our offering is is same for both. So, you know, we don't we don't do any different rewards or benefits for either obviously if you're working in the office then then some things will be slightly different in terms of we have a monthly lunch but then you know they'll have different things in club that perhaps we we don't get to experience but one thing that I will say is that we're always open to ways of improving our our benefits and reward but if I just touch on some of the things that we do offer so we offer a free gym membership and then after you've passed your probation, then you get another free membership for a family or friend member. And then we offer a number of discounted rates for family and friends as well. Um, we have retail discount. We have cafe discount as well. And then we have various training offerings as well. 
Oh, fantastic. So there's loads on offer. Yeah. And we also have the standard kind of pension scheme as well. Yeah. Fantastic. And just keeping on that note of, I know you mentioned they're sort of working from home. We we reported recently that Fraser's Group, who kind of owns Sports Direct and those sorts of brands, they announced that they will be scrapping their working from home on Friday benefit due to it. They Well, they think that it's more of an unproductive day because people are working from home. So I wanted to ask you whether you agree that perhaps working from home some of the time or all the time, whether that can lead to some levels of unproductivity. Yeah, I did read that actually in the Retail Gazette. And I think it's it's personal to each business. But I believe that you can actually be more productive sometimes at home as and when needed. So we we give our team members the flexibility since coming out of the pandemic. During the pandemic, we um, had to make sure that everyone was set up with the right tools to be able to work from home. And it actually worked really well. But I think you have to be clear on your expectations of your team. But it does base itself all around trust. And I think if you you implement that trust in your team members, then the productivity almost comes back. Yeah, of course. I guess it's it's different for everybody, isn't it? Yeah, I think it I think it's just about trusting your team members and doing the right thing and moving forward it's almost given us more flexibility so for instance particularly with covid still being around if somebody has got covid who's in the the total fitness support office they can still have that option of working at home and not having to come in if they don't feel 100%. So I think there's pros and cons but I think that to ensure that you get that mixture, I think it's good to have that that offering. And also, we're actually finding now that we've got the both ways of working, we're finding that more people actually like being back in the office for their own well-being. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people sort of missed the interaction, didn't they, and the collaboration. So having a bit of both is is quite nice. Yeah, 100%. And how does it sort of work at Total Fitness then? So do you have a hybrid model or is it sort of more more in the office, sometimes at home? How, how does it work? Yeah, it's it's more the latter. So um, we do have, we've made sure that all of our team members are set up so that they can work from home. And if you have a role where you have the option of working from home, then of course you can, but it's almost the, to the line manager's discretion really. And as I say, we've built that trust within the teams that if they want that flexibility, then it's there. But we don't have a, a specific hybrid model. Yeah, no, it sounds very like fluid, doesn't it? At, at total, total Fitness in terms of, you know, what, what you can do. So that sounds great. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. So before we explore Andrea's thoughts on the recent payroll errors and how to overcome them, we're just going to take a quick ad break. Hi there, it's Kitty Wood here reporting for Reward Strategy. I just want to let you know that the Reward and Payroll Summit is returning for 2022, taking place on the 17th of November at the Hilton London Bankside. On the day, topics that will be discussed include whether the reward offering has become too niche, the future of work and the four-day work week, pay transparency and equal pay, as well as financial well-being in the workplace. Some fantastic speakers will also be appearing from brands such as Sony and Ikea. You can find the full agenda online. We hope to see you there. But for now, let's get back to listening to Friends in Benefits. And we're back after that quick break. So as I mentioned before, we're going to be discussing sort of the recent payroll errors. So Andrew, I'm sure you've probably seen the several organisations that have sort of hit the headlines recently. 
so I want just to get your thoughts on those blunders you know what are you what are your takeaways from it I think for those of us that have, have worked in either a HR or payroll function we know that it's not just about the error in hand it's actually an issue that has such great implications particularly at this time on a person's well-being as well as their ability to afford to live and unfortunately it couldn't have happened at a worse time really could it and I think for those businesses that that it's happened to they need to spend a lengthy amount of time in building that trust up with their employees again because I think that's that's you know imperative at this moment in time of, of what's happened yeah, absolutely. You want and you want that trust, don't you, with your with your staff? It's it's vital to for progression and things like that. Yeah, definitely. And I know you noted there. I think you you mentioned there sort of what alluded to the cost of living. So I wanted to ask you, how can employers try and mitigate these errors that such these these payroll ones to ensure that they are paying their staff correctly? And I guess that's particularly more important than ever because we are in this cost of living crisis. Yeah, absolutely. I think don't take risks when it comes to the delivery of of people's pay. I think payroll needs to work very closely with the HR side of things. And I think it's about businesses understanding how important it is to have payroll on their agendas, really. And good payroll can obviously improve growth and trust of a business. So I think all of those factors need to be taken into consideration. Yeah, it's it's a big, I mean, paying people, it's a huge job, isn't it? So it needs to be sort of accurate and you need to look at ways, I guess, that you can improve the process if, if something like this does slip up. Definitely. I think it's, you know, I think it, that was, I think if I read correctly, that was actually a, a system error. And I think human errors, almost there's allowances for, but I think when it's systems, people don't often understand why that's happened if it's been set up and and they've been paid previously correctly. So I think it's about being transparent with the problem that's actually happened as well. Yeah, I agree with you there completely. I think, like, yeah, as you say, with systems, you do just expect it to be perfect every time, don't you? Because it's not a human doing it where there are natural human errors. So, yeah, it's it's a strange one when you think of it like that. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just keeping on the cost of living, I wanted to ask you whether you think employers should place an increased focus on employees' financial well-being because it's looking like this this crisis is going to probably stick with us at least to the winter. So is that something that HR teams should be sort of focusing on? Yeah, we're already actually focusing on that at the moment. So we actually conduct a questionnaire about people's well-being and it won't just be about the financial side of things. It will be all elements of, of somebody's well-being. So on check-ins or appraisal time, we will ask the line managers to make sure that they do check in and that's work, working really well at the minute. But I do think it's something that perhaps we will need to perhaps do more on because of the the state of the economic market at the minute I think I think it is important absolutely yeah I think I mean we've seen on reward strategy that I think talking about finances is a bit of a taboo still in the workplace so I guess it's all about breaking down those barriers and just getting people to open up if they are struggling financially and then what the employer can do for them yeah absolutely I think it's crucial and I think you know we we perhaps spend time speaking about people's mental well-being why wouldn't you speak about their financial well-being because that could actually be the impact that it's having on their mental health so I think it is really really important yeah absolutely I agree with you 100% there 
And on on that note, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on pay on demand. You know, do you think there are pros and cons to, to drawing down your salary early? Do you know what? I think that's a really tricky question to answer because I think it's very situational. I think it depends on people's personal circumstances. But for me, I think there are... I, I, I wouldn't really like to offer drawing down on somebody's salary early because I could I think that could get them into all sorts of financial problems and leave them short month to month so I think on this one Jade I'm going to sit on the fence slightly because I think like I say it's very situational on somebody's financial circumstances of course no I mean like you say it could it could help for one person who may be I don't know really really savvy with money and they're good at saving but they just need a little bit extra that month but then you get some people that just can't work on their finances very well and then they'll get into debt. So like you say, it's so situational. You just don't know what's best for that individual. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think businesses know enough in terms of being able to offer that quite ad hoc. I think it would need to be more structured and definitely looked into a lot more and, and time spent kind of looking at it in more detail, really. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, like, obviously, you've said there that, I guess, in terms like sort of on the fence in terms of how whether it should be allowed sort of thing. So do you think that therefore maybe like HR leaders, reward leaders, should they be communicating the pros and cons of of drawing down with their staff just so that they've got, you know, all the information and it's totally transparent, you know, what, what they could potentially get themselves into, for example, if they were drawing down? I think if you had a workforce where it was a common thing that was raised all the time, then definitely. But I have to say, in my eight and a half years with with Total Fitness, I, I've never been approached about that. So I think I think if you had an influx of employees wanting to do that, then of course you would you would speak about it very openly and and look into it more. But I think unless unless you do, then there's not really a need to be to have to do that at this moment in time. And I'm not saying that won't happen in the months coming forward, given what we know, what, what we're approaching and facing. But yeah, I think for now, there isn't a need within our business. But that's not to say that there won't be in the future. Yeah, absolutely. You just don't know what's around the corner, do you, in terms of what, what people need. So you just never know. No, absolutely not. Brilliant. So something I wanted to speak to you about, um, Andrea, was sort of the role of an H- of a HR director and how that's shifting. So, I mean, we've seen sort of recently Lena Nair. She was previously the chief human resources officer at Unilever and she's now the global CEO of Chanel. So I just wondered what your thoughts were on how HR leaders are moving into these more senior roles. You know, is it quite a nice transition? You know, should should employers be looking at their HR leaders to become you know the the global leaders of their business? Yeah I think that's a really interesting question so I haven't experienced this as in people that I know within HR director roles moving into CEO oh crumbs CEO roles themselves but I can see the benefits to it so I would say from a people perspective it would be a brilliant opportunity. And I think it's very situational on that CEO appointment. So if it is a role um, where a business is struggling, let's say with their culture, and the main drive is to concentrate on the culture side of things, then yes, I I can see the benefits to that. But I do think from a, a HR director moving into a CEO position, 
they would need more performance and operation awareness as well. Absolutely. I guess you need you need that knowledge, don't you, of, of the whole business in terms of that. So you need sort of a, a commercial head, don't you? And like you said, a culture head. And does that work in terms of a HR lead? You know, they, they need to have all that sort of balance, don't they? They definitely need a balance. I mean, um, I think anyone doing the CEO role listening will will definitely say it's no mean feat to, to be a CEO. So I do think you have to have all areas of the business covered. But that's not to say that somebody at HR director level couldn't do the CEO role at all. I think they would just need that awareness of the performance and operation. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one question I just wanted to throw in, Andrew, is just, I guess, on your role at Total Fitness, where where do you kind of see or want it to, to sort of head in the next five years for you? You know, what are your plans there? I think definitely. So our culture has massively changed during my time. And I feel like I joined a new business probably about five five or so years ago when we um, got a new CEO. Everyone works quite differently in that CEO position. And our current CEO is very people focused so I'd like to carry on moving that forward with regards to the people strategy build on the training and development side of things as well and and who knows you know we're looking at opening up new clubs and growing so that will in turn mean lots of new interesting projects for our team as well as a people team amazing sounds very exciting like you'll be very very busy as well (laughs) yeah that's what we love (laughs) <laughs> absolutely keep us on our toes that's it 100 percent. and uh, finally andrea one thing we like to ask everyone that kind of comes on the the podcast is just what you'd be doing if you weren't in the in the people profession you know is there is there a, a career that you would have loved to have sort of embraced well there's a question well i i love singing but perhaps after too many drinks at a karaoke <laughs> bar so um perhaps won't choose that i do you know what i'd have loved to have been an actress actually Oh, wow. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah, I think I'm I'm always intrigued by actors and actresses, how they can be um, portrayed in so many different characters. And yeah, I definitely would have gone down that route, I think. Whether I'd have been any good at it or not, Jade, there's another question, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure you would have Andrea I mean to be honest you have to wear so many hats as a HR director so it's pretty similar isn't it in terms of doing like an acting role you'd have to wear so many hats for that so I'm sure you'd smash it oh there you go I'll put it on my <laughs> CV for the acting world that's it <laughs> fantastic well I'm sad to say Andrea we have kind of come to the end of the podcast there that's all we've got time for but I do want to say thank you for joining me on this latest episode it's been a pleasure to have you on board Oh, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. That's great to hear. No, we've, we've loved having you. But please do remember, everyone, we'll be back with another Friends in Benefits very soon. But in the meantime, you can listen to some of the past episodes featuring brands such as Audi UK, Virgin Money and Royal Opera House online. Thank you for listening.